Hello from the Pacific Northwest. This is Kristen from kristenwombach.com, and you're listening to Intentional Now Podcast. More people than ever are asking this really large question. How do we find ourselves on the resurrected side of Jesus? In this show, I discuss what's really on the other side of the torn veil, ascending into heaven, and how does our sonship fix the heart of creation? If you're like me, Jesus has redefined what you used to say yes to. Join me and my guests in a workshop discussion that proclaims, We are not nailed to the cross or dead in the grave, but fully alive and resurrected in him. Let's do this. (laughs) Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, every week it seems like I'm so excited to share with you. And here we are, and the Lord has just been dumping into me, and I am so honor to be able to spend this time with you to share those thoughts. Oh, let's get going. It's just so exciting. Thank you. Today, we're just going to have a Holy Spirit love fest today. You know, I'm still attempting to organize my heart and how to share with you. It's just right heart off, hot off the presses of heaven's heart. And it is my honor, again, to spend this time with you. Thank you for being here. Holy Spirit, I know. Holy Spirit, breathe in and breathe out. I ask for your help. Angels on assignment, we honor you and welcome your assistance. (laughs) So today's takeaways, snippets from heaven, Jiggle mode, fluid and changeable, breathing meditation and prayer, drawing from heaven link, fruit. This is discovery series number 26. Well, you know me if you've been listening for a while and welcome to you if you are a brand new listener. As always, I am telling you a life story. They are real stories, real in the hearts of people like you and me. And asking and we're listening to the Lord with the best intentions of overcoming different obstacles in each one of our lives. Amen. We are a company of people humbled towards fulfilling every jewel that he sets in our crown. And your invitation to this podcast, mm, totally not a coincidence. It's because you are part of our family. Welcome again. Welcome, welcome. (laughs) I hope that you had the opportunity to listen to last week's episode number 79. Is everything solvable? You know, the stats on that were really good. I'm glad you're listening and sharing it with your friends. And you know, absolutely it is. Everything is solvable. Absolutely. Yes, yes. And I shared with you a breath activation. 
I won't say breathing because it was a breath activation. And I shared with you how God shared it with me and how I explored it. And we're going to do more of that today. And so let me take a minute here to rekindle it. Okay. So from Revelations 1.8 in the mirror, and I've added some of my own inflections. The God who is Lord over all things says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. My I amness defines time. I am present, past, and future. He is the union between the first and the last. We call it breath. He is the Aleph and the Tav, as they touch all beginnings and all endings in a circular fashion. He's the author of the first matter out of which all things were formed. He lives and moves, and we live and move and have our being in him. He is closer than the air we breathe, and that is where my breath meditation was birthed and now explored. He's closer than the air surrounding our body or the air that we push in and out of our body or the air that without any cognitive thought, it just naturally gives life to us. He is closer. I hope you had an opportunity to continue to explore that breathing exercise throughout the week. I have. I have shared it. I hope you have and you've shared it. So we will also today practice that again. But I have some more goodies, more revelation to add to our experiential understanding. And that is the backstory for today's episode. Are you ready? (laughs) So last night at church, we were sharing, or I could say home group because we're a home church. We were sharing with each other. And remember, this company of people, they know me very well. And I know them very well. And if this is your first time listening, go pick up the unfinished book and it will tell you our journey on the other side of the veil. Okay. So together, this company of people together, we choose to believe what Jesus shows us. And then we ask questions to learn. And I would attribute that that is a character of our heart. And that's what's caused us to grow and renew in our innermost mind together we are growing in our awareness of our redeemed oneness. See Ephesians 4.23 in the mirror, and that will explain that. So I shared with them last night about my episode notes from last week, and I proceeded to share the breathing or breath exercise. And my goodness, oh boy, did God share a deeper understanding of what exactly is occurring in that place. You know, I ask those questions, right? Where that place where he's closer than air itself. So I'm going to take a moment 
just to stir the pot of revelation with a familiar scripture, a familiar passage. I want to stir our hearts with anticipation. And then I will share the beautiful word picture, my dear friend, Julia. She calls it a snippet. I, my goodness. And this snippet is just directly from the gateways and doors of heaven. And I guarantee you will be ignited and we will step in again and activate the same breath meditation. And OMG, this is going to be so much fun. God is pouring his goodness over us. Hmm. (laughs) Again, I say, are you ready? I'm trying to remind myself to slow down, to talk in a deeper tone. Those are the things I'm cueing myself. I am just very, hmm, delighted with what he's going to share today. I'm delighted. So I'm going to jump in or jump over into John 2 in the mirror. Now, we're very familiar with this. It's the wedding of Cana, and it's Jesus's first miracle. And the moment when the disciples believed. Mm -mm -mm. Let's invite ourselves to this wedding event in the spirit. Yes, let's invite ourselves, allow the spirit of truth to walk amongst our spirits as we walk into his. Amen. I'm going to highlight the story just a little bit. In John 2, three days later, there was a wedding in Cana a village in Galilee, which Jesus's mother attended. Jesus and his followers were also invited. When Mary learned that they had run out of wine, she informed Jesus. He responded with, Well, ma'am, that's their problem. Or do you want me to steal the show here at somebody else's wedding? When my hour of fulfilling my mission has not yet come. You know, religion has really run out of wine, hasn't it? And Jesus lived totally aware of his mission, which was to redeem and restore the joyous celebration of the union and the romance of the ages. He is marrying humanity and divinity. So while he's the true joy and wine of the party, he fully understands what it would cost him to drink this cup of mankind's injustice and violence on the cross. Hmm. You know, I love the tenacity of his mother, Mary. Oh, a woman after my own heart. Yes. Can I say that? I think we have some things in common. So can you imagine her own faith story, which was pushing on the revelation of who her son is? We also remember the cost as a mother, her own cost, Her son is a gift to humanity. So Mary gets her 
chutzpah from things she has hidden in her heart about him. And that is straight out of Luke 2, 19. Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Well, the day has arrived in her heart. So we're going to get back to the wedding where the wine had run out. And Jesus' response to his mother, well, (laughs) ma'am, that is their problem. Or do you want me to steal the show here at somebody else's wedding when my hour of fulfilling my mission has not yet come? Um, Let's take a note of Mary's response. There wasn't any other conversation that was shared in this particular text. I call that tenacity on steroids, right? So Mary proceeded to line up the waiters to assist Jesus. Do whatever he tells you to. Another pause. Hey, moms, what would your children's response be to you if you overshot this discussion with your kids? (laughs) Like, it's their problem, it's their wedding party, and do you really want me to steal the show here? This isn't my party, it's not about me, and I am not ready yet. Can we imagine that as parents talking to our children here? Hmm, do whatever he tells you to. Hmm, I love this. (laughs) Now, there were six empty stone water parts used for the ceremonial cleansing of the Jews. They could hold approximately 20 gallons each, a whole lot of water. So Jesus asked the waiters to fill these stones jars with water to the brim. Ha! Obviously, Mary's words were clearly heard. So Jesus asked the waiters to fill these stone jars with waters totally to the brim. Nothing would be left untouched by the effort of the incarnate word impacting human life entirely. Every nook, every cranny, every spirit, soul, and body, every all. And then... Jesus instructed them to immediately draw from the containers and present it to the governor of the feast, which they did without hesitation. I'm going to pause here. So now we have waiters who have no idea what they will become privy to. Hmm. And that is entirely a whole lot of water to carry by hand, 120 gallons and Did you ever ask yourself, how far did they have to walk to even obtain the water and then to carry it? And I am going to make a little bit of a mention about the number 120. Um, That is how many gallons they had to carry. Well, just because we ask really good questions. It is mentioned 14 times in the Bible, the number 120. And here are some interpretations for you. It is the number of all flesh, the beginning of life in the spirit, a period of waiting, one accord, a spirit utterance, the glory of God. (laughs) Well, that in itself would make a wonderful vintage of wine, amen? 
Let's get back to our stories. You are encouraged here, right? <laughs> I'm encouraged here. I've been writing this and putting it together all day. I am encouraged. <laughs> so Jesus asked the waiters to fill the stone jars with water totally to the brim. And the host of the event, the host of the event, he tasted the water that has now become wine. But he had no clue as to the vintage or the origin. And did you ever ask the question, well, how did he know to do that? And he, Jesus didn't even touch it. The waiters touched it. Just some thoughts here. Because, you know, I like to ask questions. You like to ask questions. So Mary touched it with her heart words. And Jesus responded to those heart words. The waiters they did put in some work, didn't they? And how did the host of the event even know to taste it? Huh? How did all that happen? So the servants didn't tell him a word. So he called the bridegroom over. They didn't tell the host a single word. He just called the bridegroom over. And I see it like this. The, the host, he's the owner of the venue that they rented for the wedding. That's kind of in modern day language here. That's who he was. But according to tradition, the bridegroom provides the wine for the wedding. So Jesus has prophetically fulfilled the role of the bridegroom here. He's providing the wine. So remember what Jesus said to his mom? <laughs> Well, ma'am, that's their problem. Or do you want me to steal the show here at somebody else's wedding? My hour of fulfilling my mission has not yet come. And look how brilliantly Jesus directs the proper attention to the wedding party. Oh, the host says, hmm, why would you keep the best wine for last? Everybody serves the better wine first, so that by the time the cheap wine is served, no one can tell the difference. And here, <laughs> you surprised us all by bringing this excellent wine from your storehouse. Jesus brought this excellent wine of himself from his storehouse. Do you suppose this is a facet of what Mary has hid in her heart? Excellent wine from the storehouse of heaven. And she's tasted it through relationships. She, she's believed it, tasted it, and now here it is to be seen. So the conversation says, why would you keep the best wine for last? Everybody serves better wine first, so that by the time the cheaper wine is served, ah, nobody can tell a difference. And here, Jesus has surprised them all by bringing an excellent wine from his storehouse. Even though we already have had much to drink, it is impossible not to tell its superiority. Even minds intoxicated with inferior religious jargon can immediately tell the difference 
when the Holy Spirit transforms ordinary conversation into the wonderful, blissful wine of revelation and the merry celebration of life. Shall I say that again? (laughs) Even minds intoxicated with inferior religious jargon can immediately tell the difference when the Holy Spirit transforms ordinary conversation into the wonderful, (laughs) the blissful wine of revelation and the merry celebration of life. Well, in the first signs which Jesus performed here at the wedding of Cana in Galilee, he gave everybody, you and me included, a foretaste of the beauty and the intention of his mission. His disciples believed in him. I mean, that's huge. His disciples believed in him. In Glory was translated to form an opinion. Yeah, their their belief. Here it is. They believed and it formed an opinion in them. This is how big this is and amazing this is. Because of what happened, they believed. It formed an opinion of you, an idea, an intention. And those ideas and intentions become our eyes, their eyes. And it's the way we see things. That's what happened here. It totally changed it. And their eyes were able to see the way things are better. They're better. So if Jesus could do this to water, (laughs) imagine how he can transform ordinary routines of our days into the invigorating adventure of living the life of our design. His first miracle, wow, his first miraculous sign was to change within a vessel, a jar of stone. Externally, external washings have been upgraded to internal transformation on inner thought processes. So completely transformed to the brim. Remember, he filled them to the brim. And it wasn't even drinking water, but just the kind of water that was used for ceremonial washings. I don't know, maybe it was behind the barn. And they moved it. I don't know. The text doesn't say. But there's nothing that Jesus intended to leave out of this transformation. And although it wasn't time for Jesus to give his wine that night at Cana, I believed it was no accident that this is his first miracle. Could there have been anything more profound, more profound of the picture of his ministry and what his wine could do in our lives, in your and my life as ordinary vessels? It's not ordinary at all, is it? He revealed his glory. They have no wine. That's all Mary says to Jesus after noticing the newlyweds embarrassment. They have no wine. Could she be more indirect? They have no wine. Yet he knows exactly what she wants and he's not feeling ready. 
he tells her it's not time to reveal his glory and suffer the consequences. The wine he could make would be free to the guests, but it would cost him plenty. But Mary marches right over to the serving tables as if she said, no problem, instead of no way. She said, no problem, here we go. She once said a costly yes herself. And she is not about to take no for an answer from him. I love that. See, tenacity, chutzpah, (laughs) because they have no wine. It's human history she's talking about. Life's disappointed guests milling around with empty glasses from time. From time. She's waited long enough for the mighty to fall, for the poor to dance at the wedding, for the kingdom elixir to flow. Remember Mary, she witnessed the wise men once bent on their knees to him. Why, why is Jesus still constructing cabinets in Nazareth? Can you see her picture here? She wants him out of the house and he gives in and produces liquid heaven in massive quantities. He squanders it on us, on you and me. The undeserving who can't distinguish Rotgut from Rothschild, right? He becomes the wastrel we need him to be. He did that for us. I have a prayer for you. Thank you, Mary. When we were reluctant to act on our own callings, oh God, send Mary to remind us they have no wine. Send Mary to what? To remind us they have no wine. Get us out of the house. Isn't that great? Let me say that one more time. That is a quote from M. Ludi. Thank you, Mary. When we were reluctant to act on our own callings, oh God, send Mary to us. They have no wine. Get us out of the house. Well, she has come once again to remind us. Amen. (laughs) Are you feeling supercharged here? I am. This is so beautiful. This is so beautiful. So here we are back to my story after the supercharging. (laughs) this small humble ecclesia and we are doing the breath exercise we're breathing him in and exhaling him out to know him closer than breath than air itself so we breathe in and we exhale out And we ponder him. So I asked everyone when we did that exercise, very casually, very with simply to breathe in and exhale out. And ponder him. I asked them, What were your perceptions? Well, one said, well, I I felt an unfamiliar quiet peace or an unknowing peace. 
and we just awed that she was touching the peace that was passing, understanding in that moment. Peace was depositing inside of her. And from the lowest branch on the tree of life, I saw there's a pear hanging there. There's a piece of fruit accessible. It was from the lowest branch. My other friend said, ah, I got this goofy little snippet picture. She always says that. Oh, it's just a goofy little snippet picture. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, when you, you press on your phone, you got your phone in your hand. And when you press on the applications of your phone and they begin to jiggle, well, that's what I saw. I saw the applications jiggling. Well, I quickly jumped over to Google to see what the Lord was referring to. Huh. What is jiggle mode? Jiggling applications. Huh. What's that? So jiggle mode is the app rearranging mode. Sometimes we call that a wiggle mode. And it's the shaking of the icons. Yeah, and, and it's shaking them in their fixed layout as apps. But it says they've become fluid and changeable. Let me say that again. When I looked up what is jiggle mode, it's when the fixed layout of apps has become fluid and changeable. I found that. I'm going to give credit to howtogeek, howtogeek.com, right? So I got very excited because we knew that God was using the word picture metaphorically. And we knew that spiritually he was applying what was actually happening at the moment of quieted breath. Him being closer than air. You know, I just love to ask questions like, what is happening? What is going on? I want to know here, right? And he tells us, I love it. So we, this is how I, I, I put it together. We, our DNA was in jiggle mode. Jiggle mode meant that we were fluid in him and changeable. Again, what does jiggle mode mean or do? It rearranges and deletes. Ding, ding, ding. You can tell I'm super excited here. It's the jiggle mode rearranges and deletes. And that is very good news. So imagine light jiggling so that you can rearrange it. Or imagine things in your life that you would prefer to be deleted. Yeah, getting the story here? I know. And what's an application anyways? It's software designed to carry out a specific task. So I make it very practical. Well, do I have any software in my body or my thinking that's carrying out a specific task? Huh. And God, is there anything that both you and I would just as soon delete? Amen. And 
Regarding software, is there any software in my thinking that totally needs rearranging? Or what about software of the emotions, like life and relationships? The metaphorical list could just go on. He is closer than air. Well, in that non-breathing, relaxed state, we are allowing a jiggle of our applications, so to speak. Applications that he can rearrange and delete. (laughs) Breathe in. (laughs) And exhale out. And wait. Breathe in. And exhale out. And wait. In jiggle mode, allow me to declare this over you. (laughs) Breathe without stress. Mm -hmm. And just pause without stress. He's closer than air. Okay, now like Mary, we know that his wine is closer than air. Do whatever he tells you to do. Remember, even minds intoxicated with inferior religious jargon can immediately tell the difference when Holy Spirit transforms ordinary conversation into wonderful, blissful wine of revelation and the merry celebration of life. Breathe. Jesus, we allow you to put our DNA in jiggle mode. We allow you to rearrange and delete what isn't part of our original design. Sickness, delete. Worry, delete. Heavy burdens, rearrange. Priorities, rearrange. Unhealthy and unholy soul ties, delete. Traditions of men, delete. Love, rearrange to my home screen. (laughs) Joy. Rearrange to my home screen. Abundance. Rearrange to my home screen. Answers from heaven. Rearrange and download to my home screen. Restoration. Rearrange to my home screen.
Jesus. Rearrange as the wallpaper on my locked screen. Amen. <laughs> now I just invite you to stay in that place. Talk to him. Write down what you perceived, what you noticed. Celebrate what he has done. He's healed and touched and transformed. And he's filled us to the brim. Leaving no place untouched. We are transformed in him. I bless you. I bless you to remain in jiggle mode. <laughs> Thank you so much. I will talk to you again next week, okay? Bye now. <laughs>